And hello, welcome to the uh, Deutschland Football Hour. Uh, my name is Ryan, along with Elliot. James should be joining in a few seconds. How are you doing tonight? This is the special champions league edition of the show. Um, so yeah, welcome. <laughs> Thanks. No, I'm doing good. It's uh, it's been an interesting week in the Champions League to say the least. Um, it's only been four games, um, but uh, you know it's it's been uh, very exciting um, so far. A star player has a moment. Everyone, the whole world loses his minds. And then another star star player responds with his own performance. So I think uh, it's been really interesting, especially with all the storylines attached to the last 24 hours. All right, I'll give you a moment, even though I'm a Premier League fan, before James gets on. Man City, 10 points clear. Um, best league in the world. Uh, you, you got 10 minutes. The floor is yours. Wait, sorry. Can, can you repeat that? Just go ahead and rip on the prem. Man City ten points ahead. All right, <laughs> I won't. I won't go too harsh because I do rip on them a lot. But it's just it's the perception of what they are and what they are not is is just not accurate. Um, there's a reason all the big transfer signings are going to everywhere except England. You see. Um, you know, when Lukaku and Hakimi and guys like that were, were available, they went to Italy. Then you have guys hitting the market who went to Germany. Um, so they're avoiding the Premier League. There has to be a reason for that. And the reason is the quality is just isn't there. If you can say, okay, Bayern win all the time, but it's never like – they don't just like pick up the trophy at the end of the – at the first game of the season – the Champions League races are tight. The Europa League cha- races are tight. The quality of football is better. Um, there are big teams in all the European spots in both leagues right now, to, to at least a certain extent. Um, and I, I have so much respect for Leicester City and West Ham and what they've been able to do with those with those teams. I think Brendan Rodgers and David Moyes deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, but when you have a league in the Premier League with a lot of big teams and teams like Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, and others not in the Champions League and Europa League spots, and you have uh, teams like West Ham and Leicester City in, in European spots, your league has a problem. Man City is so much better than everybody else. Um, obviously, Andrew Robinson moment for Liverpool to destroy any kind of dynasty that they could have had for Liverpool. Uh, Man City have the best manager in the world, probably outside of Bayern and um, PSG have the best team in the world. And um, if Pep stays, they're going to win the Premier League. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of times in a row, it's, it's three and four years. So we're Farmer League because we have a similar champion in Italy and Germany, but the Premier League isn't a Farmer League, even though they've had the same same champion three of the next four years. And to be honest, over the next five years, we might have – it might be city, 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 city. Um, so I think – I'm not saying the Premier League is a bad league. It's still top – it's top quality. But if you look around in Spain, um, Germany, and Italy, there's just better in, in, in every facet. Quality of football is better. And I watched the Premier League, um, and it's just not what it was before. I wish it was better. I wish I don't have to get on shows like this and have to rip on them all the time because I do have friends who watch the Premier League, and I have respect for what the Premier League has done over the last decade. But it's just not there. There, It's just like there's no comparison anymore. Um, And, again, West Ham is, is is in Europe. In a, a league, in a league like that, and West Ham deserve credit, but this is this is a situation where we get ripped in all the time. Uh, so I'm going to keep on the Bundesliga against this is the Bundesliga show because of Bayern winning all the time and taking you know 
players from other Bundesliga teams. But Bayern just got held th- this week against Bielefeld, who's in 15th place. Uh, Union Berlin took points off Bayern. Bayern Leverkusen almost beat Bayern. And then you have Glogbach, who are not having a good season, who beat Bayern. So it's it's not like – I don't know. I, I just think it's it's not that – that it's all bad, but it's just like I think the perception of the way Italy and Germany is looked at is completely it's just incorrect. And and I'm not saying this, and I, I said this last week. It's 10% of the Premier League fans that are speaking for everyone, but those 10% continue to mention the fact that Italy and Germany are pharma leagues when they're only are about to take you know three. There's about to be a, a champion and the same champion in three of the last in the last four years, and it's it's going to become a Juventus if, if City stay together and what they're doing. And I, again, I, I just think uh, we need to kill this farmer league narrative because there's no basis on Italy and Germany being that, um, and even Spain being that because Spain going into the season, it, Italy it was Germany, Italy. England, Spain is, is looking really good this season. And, and after a bad La Liga season, they've kind of rejuvenated themselves. And it, it's become an interesting league now, even more than the Premier League. So I just think the Premier League fans saying that these leagues are garbage because we have similar champions. That's not how you define what, it, what the quality is the league's in. Uh, you, defi- you do define it based on the, the quality of play, the types of players, the type of stories, the types of rivalries, and all in between. And I think this continued narrative that the German football is horrible and Italy's horrible and Spain is horrible and the Premier League are just these warriors, it's just, it's just not accurate. And I think, um, again... The Leroy Sané comments kind of resonated with everyone who feels stuck in this situation. You, it, it, Italy and Germany doesn't have to be your favorite league in the world or whatever, or your preference, but to call, to call them farmer leagues is just not, it's just not true. Can I give you some stats? Yeah, go ahead. 2017, 2018. All right. This is when the talk sold out. Man City won the league by 19 points. Okay. Yep. 2018-2019, it was a one-point title race. Liverpool with nine, Man City of 98, Liverpool of 97. The third-place team, Chelsea, had 72. Think about that difference. Last year, Liverpool yeah. won it. Liverpool won it by almost 20 points. They won it by 18 points. Yep. 18. And then you if, if, you, say, if you flip that, Italy's a title race was four points. Um Germany's was 10, but that was, that's kind of only at the end of the season because Dortmund kind of collapsed after they fell out of the race. And then it was, it, I think it was two points in La Liga. And so, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, it's, it's at the point now where um, I don't even know anymore. It just—it feels like we have to continue to have this conversation to convince people that these aren't pharma leagues. But it's just—it's not that I don't like the Premier League. It's they hold themselves up as a high regard. Like the Premier League are these warriors, and Italy, Germany, and Spain are like, um, you know, just 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 your average situation. So, cover somebody that watches the Premier religiously. I can tell you the quality of football has been lacking. Significantly, um, look, don't get me wrong, I'm happy for um, 
Liverpool fans and City fans, and you can call me bitter for being an Arsenal fan. That's fine. I mean, my team gets destroyed on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the quality of football, it's just so boring. I, I, I've never seen a time – Premier League used to be known for the defensive, like 2-1, 1-0, 3 two battles. I've never seen the Premier League where it started. We've had back-to-back years where you've had nine nils in the Prem. Nine nils thrashing. So yeah, and – between teams – Think about this this year, too, Ellie. There's not even a relegation battle. Um, Newcastle, I believe, is 26 points. The next closest team is 19. I mean, yeah. Newcastle's like a spot above the drop zone, but they're not in any danger of going down. Here's here's another thing I, I want to mention here. Uh, you know how – you know the, the big the big teams in, in, uh, in Germany and Italy and things like that. So remember how Villa lost seven uh, – got beaten by – uh, beat um, Liverpool seven two, or whatever it was, yeah. and then Spurs beat Man United six one. If you look in Italy, Italy, Bayern Schalke. I'm going to throw that out for a sec. In Italy, I'm just going to go in Italy for this particular point. Juventus, Juventus, Inter, AC Milan, um, Napoli. Um, you know, like that. Just the team, the big teams. They don't lose games like that. When they lose, they lose. When they lose, when they're embarrassed, it's a two-one. It's a it's a three-one. It's a it's a four-nil. It's it never becomes cartoon scores with any of the big teams in Italy and for the most part in Germany. You know what I mean? Yep. So, so that's something that struck me when Liverpool got knocked around by Aston Villa, who's a, who's a good team. But all I'm saying is, if that if, if that's if so, Aston Villa is probably the equivalent of a Sassuolo. In in, in in Italy and Liverpool's, I guess, Juventus. That Those two teams played this season, it was like 2-1. The, 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 the lopsided scores between teams isn't like that. And I think that, that highlights the quality of differences more than anything else. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it, it's, it's at a point where I'm, I mean, I don't know, I'm just bored. Yeah, I hope it becomes better again. So I'm not like here with my pom poms cheering for the Premier League to suck, but it, it's just you can't look at the product and say that this is great because it's not. And I watch all the leagues. So if anyone wants to get on me for that, I do watch all the leagues. But there's there's a significant quality difference between even and and those sort of things. And you could argue the French league is even better than the Premier League this season. That it's you had a title race in France. PSG will win yeah. it again. But the point differential between the top four teams is very tight. Or in in England, you, you know what I mean. You just it's just it's just something. Um, you know what I mean? you get what I'm saying. James will be on here in ten minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, we're just we're just gonna, we're just talking a little bit before that. So um, uh, preview, uh, you got a big match tomorrow for Roma. Yeah, um, remember this. This is European Week on. The Deutschland football hour. So you are more than welcome to preview your game tomorrow. All right. Um, I don't have too much to say about this. Uh, the first thing I want to mention here is I, I hope Roma take this seriously. Uh, I I was listening to a, a, a very uh, popular Roma podcast um, today, and I agreed with everything they said until they're closing their last ten minutes of the, the episode. It was the Roma press podcast. Um, so these guys on there are like legit people with sources and stuff like that. And they were saying that they were already thinking about Benevento, and it, it made me so angry because, um, first of all, Roma are doing really well in the league, 
And playing in the Europa League isn't going to dethrone their their race to to finish in Champions League. If Roma go win the Europa League, they get Champions League, even if they you know they finish wherever. It doesn't matter. Um, so I didn't. I don't like the attitude of let's already think about Benevento. How about let's try to beat get a big lead on, on Braga. Advance, 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 and win the whole thing. I, I and I don't like this idea of taking out all the, the our good players and putting out all the players that never play. Um, Braga does have three injured um, starters, uh, two that are that are knocked up also, but will probably will play. Um, Roma's only absentees are are um, Chris Smalling, Max Kambula. And uh, Zaniola, obviously. Um, so I think Roma should feel good about this. They're away from home, which is a huge advantage in European ties. Get some away goals. And then Roma are unbeaten at home in all competitions. They haven't lost. So because of that, I think that Roma will, uh, will should take this seriously and just get through the first leg. If, if you win the first leg, 3-1, 4-1, then you can go to, to resting people for the second leg. Um, I do expect Jekko to start, either, even though I don't want him anywhere near the starting lineup. Uh, for the rest of the season, but that's just my uh, that's just the way I look at it right now. Um, but it, we should take it seriously first and foremost. Um, in the game itself, uh, Roma should win this. I, I got them winning through one. Our goalkeeping is just not good enough to not concede. Um, but we should get in there. I hope to see Al Sharawi uh, make his, I guess, his return debut um, this week. Um, and I, I, I'd be okay with, with seeing Pedro up there instead of some of the other guys. But So some people will be rested and should be, but I want Roma to put out a strong time and, um, team to, to try to win this. Um, and secondly, Paolo Fonseca's uh, first coaching job was Braga, so there's a uh, family-type connection with it too. I don't know if that helps Roma in any way, but um, just something to add to it. Uh, so I, I think Roma will win this uh, 3-1 probably. All right. Um... You want to win the trophy, obviously. Yeah, I would rather win this. So, to be honest, I would rather win the Europa League than finish top four. 100%. Just so you can get some more silverware? Yeah, I mean, if look, if you're going to make the Champions League either way, I would rather finish fifth and win the Europa League than, because you get a trophy than, you know, t- just top four. Unless, if, if I have to sacrifice... I don't. I, I don't want to finish behind Lazio. So if we finish about if we finish fifth, but Lazio don't finish above us, and we win the Europa League, that's better than finishing fourth or third, because you want to lift a trophy. It's been so long. So this mentality of just just do whatever you can to get top four and not even try to win the Europa League is just it's just a wrong attitude. All right, uh, I agree with that. So you you're saying um, you're saying you'd like to see him go for it then, and not just focus on league play. Yeah. I'm okay with them resting some. Um, it kind of seems like Moriel will be the starter for the league games and Jekyll will start for the Europa League. I'm okay with that. Um, if you want to rest Mkhitaryan or something like that, or Pellegrini, one of those two, I'm okay with that, but not both. We have Pedro and El Sharabi is depth. So if you want to play with those two underneath the, the striker, that's fine with me. Um, but don't, I don't want to see players that, that wouldn't get into the league games. I don't want to see guys who, sit on the bench in, in league play and don't see the pitch ever. I want guys in there that play week in and week out, at least as a substitute at the very least. I don't want them putting on players who don't play that much. And that's my only thing. 
don't play the, the ones who aren't getting on the field regularly play be take, take this approach accordingly. And there's this whole thing. Roma don't play well in big games. This is an opportunity for them to showcase what they can do because at this point in the competition, they're all big games and that will only help them in the league as well. So that's, that's just the way I see it. So you should expect to get to that. You expect, you expect a very minimum semifinals, though, I assume, in this Europa League campaign. Yeah, if unless we – yeah, at the very least. I actually expect us to get to the final. As long as we don't see Bayer Leverkusen before the, the, the final, I, I fully expect us to, to, to be at least in the final. And if once you get in the final, you have a chance. And I don't know who that would be against. Maybe it's Leicester. Maybe it's Benfica. Maybe it's Shakhtar with their great attacking football, uh, but I expect to be in the final. And I've said this in the, in the, the last year too, but this, this Roman team is way better than, than the one we had last year. We're in third place in Syria. This is a group. This is a good team that's outperforming their roster, but this is a good team that can, can go and win it. This team is built to win it. And Pedro, I like what Pedro said yesterday in the press conference that he said, we should go out there with the, with the attitude to, to try winning. Cause I think we can win the Europa league and that's the aim. And I like that attitude, and so I expect to make the semifinal at the very least. All right. Well, since you brought up Benfica, we'll review one more game. Okay. All right. You, I expect you – so you said Benfica. I assume you're taking Benfica to eliminate Arsenal? Yeah, unfortunately. Sorry, pal. <laughs> All right. Um, can you give us some reasons why? Uh. I, 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 Arsenal have Aubameyang and and a lot of nice pieces that I think can 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 really be incredible and things like that. Um, but Benfica in Europe is not it's no joke. You have to take them seriously. They're not doing well in the league this season, which which to me means they're gonna they're done with the Portuguese. They're not winning the league. They're like thirteen points from the top of the table. Porto's running away with it. So because of this, Benfica are Lisbon's caught up. Porto's in second. <laughs> okay, but but the gap between themselves and you know second, first, and second place is, is is it's too big. They're not getting back into the title race. Um, so I think Benfica have they they got some good players there. Um, maybe not the ones that that you know everyone's accustomed to hearing, um, but Rafa is is a really good player. They have some other players really good up there and. This is just a team you don't you don't mess around with in the, in the Europa League. They don't they're not winning the title this season. They're not winning the cups this season. This is their only chance to win something. And just in case they can't make the Champions League, um, they have to go for they're going to go for this. Um, where Arsenal is not not sacrificing. This is the same amount. You know what I mean? And I and you're probably not making the Champions League as well, um, but. Oh, I can tell you this right now. We're not making any European competition next year. Right. And, again, so equally, Arsenal have nothing to lose. But player for player, Benfica has some really good advantages in in that situation. And, I don't know, Benfica is just a team I never underestimate in these competitions because just there's teams like, like this and like Shakhtar and Sevilla that when they get in these competitions, they don't mess around. They're trying to win this. This is their priority this season. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be a game. This is their only priority left, too, to be fair. Yeah. I, and Bukayo Saka, the, the magician Bukayo Saka, um, definitely adore that man. Maybe he'll have his breakout European moment. <laughs> Yeah. Like all the young stories he's doing. Right. I don't think, I don't think the, the, the tie is over after game one. I think it will be alive and in going into the second game. 
but because of their experience, because a lot of your a lot of your guys are, are young, a lot of the, the breakout players for you guys are fairly young, and then you have a bunch, and then uh, Roe yeah. and people like that. They're they're all of a younger age, so because of this, I would say that um, um, I think experience goes in Benfica's corner. And uh, I think Benfica will squeeze it out. I expect it to be very close all in, all the way up until the end. But I, I, I think it, in this case, experience uh, is uh, very important. And I think they have the advantage in that area. All right. Very good. Oh, one more thing. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about it. Talk about it. Um, shoot. What was I going to ask you about Syria? Oh, um, who's your favorite one in the league now? Wait, say that again. Who's gonna win Serie A now? I'm, I'm all I'm all in into right now. I mean, to be, uh, Milan losing to Spezia last week, who have taken seven points out of top six teams, which is crazy. Um, Milan play uh, Inter play Milan. If Inter win that, it's it's done. And by the end of the month, AC Milan may not even be in the top three. They have actually a legitimate chance of slipping all the way out of the top four uh, because they play Udinese, who's in great form. They have only I think only one loss in the last five, which was to Roma this last week. Um, and then they have Roma at the end of the month. Roma doesn't show up against the big teams usually, but if they show up against a big team, AC Milan could drop multi, like could lose two games to end the month and it would, it would catapult them. Um, Juventus, I think coming off a of loss to Napoli, they'll get it back together, especially getting an away goal in the, in the champions league and all that. And they'll, they'll get the momentum but it's interest to lose now. Um, I would even go as far to say I'd be surprised if it's if it's close at the end. Oh, not close. But I, I'm not expecting them to, like, be 15 points clear. But I think they can win it by four or five points at the end. And um, I think this would be a, a collapse if, if Inter don't do it. Now, if they lose to AC Milan, that may change my opinion. But I'm just expecting Inter to, to do it. They're unbeaten in the last, I think, 10 games or something like that. And and they just keep keep getting the points they need, and um, so for 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 right here right now, I think Conte's side is should be the one um, to be favored in this. Okay, if they collapse, is Conte out then? I would. I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't win the league now. All they have to do is win one game, and I'm not I'm not declaring them champions. But if they beat Milan, I think it's over. Not over in the sense of it's it's not still going to be close, but it becomes. Because what is it's it becomes four points at that point, and what if so it it, it really depend on either Roma or Juventus trying to catch up steam, um, which I don't think happens. Um, but I think if if Conte doesn't deliver, he should be out. Although I think he will. There's been nothing negative I could say about him, at least in the last ten games. So he's doing a really good job there, and I, I think they'll finish the job, but. Obviously, if they don't win, it's a collapse. All right, very good. So, yeah, um, I'm hoping, though, that Roma ends up pulling out the league just for you. Yeah, I hope so, too. uh, The greatest moment in football history. That would be incredible. (laughs) And and even though we've been going for 23 minutes already, um, James is – uh, finding a place to record in a quiet room, and then he'll he'll be joining us shortly. <laughs> if you're if you're listening, sorry about the whole uh, non Bundesliga talk, but uh, we just had to get that out of the way since we were waiting for James. Yeah, and plus it is it is the um, 
it is the European um European special today. Yeah. So um yeah, but it's good though. Good Champions League games, and I'm excited to see what happens next week as well because it's going to be interesting. Good games tomorrow too. Yeah, there are there are a few good games tomorrow. It's ones that I, that I think could be really interesting. Oh, I agree. Um... So, Unineze, Milan. I'm looking at the schedule. We're flying by the seat of our pants tonight. This stay right, with... so you got. <laughs> Go ahead. Real, real Sociedad though tomorrow play United. Yeah, um, this is going to be interesting. I think it's really interesting because I think there's a few um, Sociedad players that United will be linked with in the next in the next twelve months. So this isn't just oh, Man United playing against the Sociedad team that needs to find their form a little bit more. I think Man United may be looking. Maybe not the players or the, but the management may be looking at this game in a, also in a different angle because there are some, and I, I don't know their names at the top of my head, um, but I, I, I just can't think of them right now. But, but there are, there are two or three players that, that will, in my opinion, will be linked with Man United or another Premier League move in the next couple of months because there, there are some really good dimes in, uh, in, in that um, Real Sociedad squad. And I expect United to win it. But I also think this uh, this this match has multiple implications. Sure, um, Lille, that's another big one. Um, they play Ajax tomorrow, and uh, Lille, they're on top of the French league. Yeah, you excited for this? Yeah, match? it should be fun. Um, it sucks because Ajax, um, obviously, their goalkeeper is no longer. <laughs> Their starting goalkeeper is out of football for a couple months, and uh, they forgot to um, register uh, Sebastian Holler, who came from West Ham into the Europa League squad, which is fucking stupid, just because he's he's been on fire since being there, so he can't play because they made a, a small mistake. Um, so I, but I expect I expect Ajax to, to perform, um, but I think uh, Lil should feel good about this game. They're coming off a bad performance last week, and it's this is their time to kind of take advantage of that. Um, this is another team that could slide under the radar if they beat Ajax. Yeah. Um, also about the, could you see they're a good team actually? If PSG really, could you see any way possible they win the French league this year? Um. Leon, it's it's. I'm saying this after Leon really disappointed me this last week, but but Leon is the one team I can think I think can potentially um, win it because they have um, they have Memphis Depay, they have Husan Oar, and they have several other players that teams will be interested in um, going forward. Um, but they have enough quality to do it. Um, but again, it's hard for me to say that anyone but PSG will do it. Um, but if they don't, if they, if, if Leon win it is an indictment on PSG's on unwillingness to figure out, um, sort of their situation, but, but I think Leon could do it, but I, I don't think it will happen, but I think it's, it, you can't, you can't cross them off the list though. Yeah. But if PSG win the champions league, but they fail to win the league, I really don't think ownership will care that much. No. Cause they're built to win the European cup. They are. That's what they've been. Lacking since Latan came there, that he was supposed to bring it to him. You know, Neymar was supposed to bring it first year. 
when they got a Bappe first year. I mean, they failed year after year after year. Yeah. I mean, they're specials failure in Europe. Uh, you, I don't think you can say that anymore because they made a final and into it. Uh, and uh, Neymar was absent two of the times they got they choked out. And in my opinion, during those the first two years, Neymar, pro- I would have given the ball and door to Neymar in two straight years if he if he played out the entire season. He hasn't played the the you know the number of games that he would have played, and his first season at PSG, he had 28 goals and 14 assists after 20 after 28 games. If he plays the whole season, he he wins the Ballon d'Or. I think PSG come back against Real Madrid, and I think they they had they would have a, had a good chance of winning the Champions League that season. So, but again, Neymar's health is something that's unavoidable because he's he's just being injured too frequently. Um, so. But, uh, yeah, you get it. Oh, I get it. Oh, I get it 100%. Um, one more race um, that we have to talk about. Uh, Spain. Yeah. Abs- Real Madrid are on absolute fire right now. Yeah, I, I don't um, – uh, go ahead. Zinedine Zidane's once again proving he's better than Pep. <laughs> um, I, feel like, I say that jokingly. I, I say that jokingly. Um, but no, that, it's, it's an impressive run of four with them. You have to. Admit. It is, but I don't buy that for a second. This is going to work, uh, or they're going to challenge Atletico. Half of their team is injured, and they're. I think their second, their their highest, their. What, what am I trying to say here? Their highest goal scorer, um, I believe. Is a def- is uh, uh, their defensive midfielder outside of Benzema, and all the, the all the Real Madrid players that are on loan are outperforming most of Real Madrid. Um, they're, they're gonna they're gonna make this closer than it would have been, but I just don't see a way past Atletico. Oh, we'll see. I hope I'm hoping for Atletico, but I I'd laugh so hard because that means the Dominican would have won a trophy every single year since then and then there. That would be crazy. I kind of want them. I kind of want um, a Klopp to go to Real Madrid, so I, they can't win the league for that reason. Just because I want to see the reaction to, of everyone when, when that happens. <laughs> you still don't rate Zidane as a manager, though. I think. No, I rate him. Oh, fairly okay, but I don't rate him as as great. If he started his career at, uh, um, I don't know, a weaker team, I don't think anybody would be, even be considering him for these types of jobs. Like Getafe. If he started with Getafe or Levante, there's no way he would have, like, overachieved uh, his squad, in my opinion. He probably could start with Arsenal and we wouldn't have, uh, he wouldn't have done anything. Yeah, that's fair. All right. All right, he's, he's going to come on soon, I think. Um, sorry about this. <laughs> Just uh, some technical, not difficulties, but we had to just. Uh, he should be. He should. He should be on soon, anyhow. Um, it's all good. Oh, one more question. One more topic. Yeah. Um, Jordan Morris. Um, you can finally talk about him in positive light. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Not too little, too late, but better late than ever. I'm glad he's in Europe. I hope he never. I hope he continues to play there. I don't want him back in the MLS ever again. Um, he's done what he's supposed to do in the MLS. He won a whole bunch of stuff. Um, was the best player in MLS last season, and um, he's in Swansea. And Swansea is a, is a step up to uh, the Seattle Sounders as much as I, I like Seattle. Um, 
if you just look at this in, in many different ways, it's he can play for the national team now. I'm going to allow it just because he's not playing in, in Seattle. Um, and, you know, he, when, I, when I saw him, he was playing pretty well. So he's capable of a European. Um, this is way later than he should have done. He should have taken that Warner deal um, when he had the chance because the guy who they replaced him with is going to get a move to one of the big clubs in Germany. So if, if Morris makes that move and does well, he would have been making a much bigger move, but I'm glad that he kind of finally moved out of his mom's house and came to Swansea. Yeah, the dog. <laughs> yeah. Everybody the that dog. story was hilarious, but yeah. Um, MLS season starts. Um, training camp's right around the corner. Do you have any interest in the season at all this year? Now that Morris has jumped ship, not really. <laughs> Not even Minnesota. No, I, I watch. I watch some of the Minnesota games, and I, I, I think they're going to do well. I think actually they should be one of the favorites going in. But, but all the players that I like have. Kind of, um, I mean, there's some nice players. I know Carlos Velas was is pretty good, and uh, the the Torino reject um, in Atlanta um, is good in the MLS. But um, I don't know. I just it's, it's I find it difficult. Um, to 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 watch him just because of how much of a how much of a joke he was in, in Italy, even though he's great in the U the U S. It's just I don't know. I I just can never get that 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 image him the Torino jersey out of my head. Joseph Martinez. Yep. The great Joseph Martinez. The great Joseph Martinez. Oh. <laughs> Taylor Twelman's all time favorite player. <laughs> uh, maybe it is. I I'm not sure. Well, I know for a fact it is because he thinks he's better than Messi. Of course he does. I guarantee it. Um, yeah, MLS, it, it, it's it's okay. Um, not great. I'm not I, I, To be fair, actually, I'm not very impressed by it this year going in. There's too many teams to begin with. Yeah, for sure. Um, there needs to be a relegation system. Um. Anybody that's done anything in the MLS, they've now realized they can go into bigger and better things. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it's just kind of a bad situation altogether. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the MLS has has some issues with a lot of it, and it's 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 just not it's not the standard. And it, it's for us, it's it's difficult to watch because there's no threat of anybody getting punished for being bad. I want relegation. Um, involved in, in this in this thing and um you know I, I i just feel like it's it's just losing it doesn't have that that fight that that we see and i like the nfl playoffs and the nba playoffs but soccer was not meant to be playoffs it was meant to, to do domestic cup and league table and that's the only thing i'm interested in i'm not really interested in the knockout. Well, I'm not interested in knockout football, but not playoff football. For for for, yeah, it's it's a, it's a traditionally European sport, and they're using American psychology to to, to uh, you know to operate it, and I, I think that's just wrong. It's kind of embarrassing. All right, yeah. All right my friends, we're gonna. Whenever James gets on, he gets on. Yeah, he'll, do, if he can't get on, do tonight, you want to run through a few more topics and then? We, I just, we just, I just posted this as a different episode. Does that make? 
Would that, would that yeah. be better? Because we have been talking for 35 minutes um, and we got some good stuff here. So I feel like um, I can just, when we're done talking, when James is, is um, ready, um, we can just start a whole new episode and we can just keep this one as like a, as an alternative one. And I, I can try to post it on one of the other ones. No, just keep it on the Deutschland football hour. It'll be a special episode of Ryan and I. Right, I got you. Together. Um, so talk to me though then about the performance of Mbappe yesterday. Oh, I mean, it was it was it was it was it was speechless. It was you know, one of a lifetime kind of a situation. Remember, going into this one knockout goal, his whole career at PSG. He had been the reputation of him shrinking in kind of these big moments and people want to ignore that that actually happened a hundred percent. It happened. He was horrible against Real Madrid. He was pathetic against um, Manchester United. And last year it was Neymar that led them. Neymar put him on the doorstep of, of champions league glory. I don't know how, how many times was it? it was, I remember at least three, I think it would been, it was closer to five. He could have had a hat trick in the champions league final and and to be honest, because Neymar's not likable, he's covered up Mbappe's shortcomings. Everyone blamed Neymar for, for basically, I don't know why, because he led them. He, he was the whole reason that they were in the Champions League final. He led them through all that stuff. And because he's unlikable, it was an easy target. Everyone blamed Neymar. This was his fault. He should have done this, this, and this, instead of highlighting Mbappe's bad performance. Um, so going into this game, he needed a performance. And I understand it's not the greatest Barcelona team ever. But to get a hat trick on that stage in that moment, only two other players have ever had a hat trick at the Camp Nou. And all the negative stuff that had gone on about him and what he had done before that came into that moment. And it, it just, I don't know how to explain it. It just, it just came through. That was the greatest performance he's ever played in the Champions League. His whole reputation was on the line. If he fails against this Barcelona and doesn't perform, he never is in the conversation with Holland and Felix ever again. It's dead because without Neymar, he has always shrunk. And last night, without De Maria and Neymar, he put together his best ever performance. So you can't do anything but, but celebrate what he just did. Um. So, how do you think – is the pressure on Felix now? A little bit, but the problem I have with Felix is we should not be expecting Felix to have a, a, a statistical game where he scores a hat trick or scores two goals and assists as another. Or does this – what Felix needs to do is dominate the midfield. If he dominates the midfield and plays extremely well, that's how we should judge Felix. Because you can't compare Felix and the way we talk about Mbappe and Holland, we're looking at goals and assists and electric sort of play. We can't judge Felix the same way because he's a different kind of player. Again, in a, in a more attacking minded system, he would be able to score more. But we should judge his performance against Chelsea about what he does in the midfield and the creativity that he provides rather than looking at him like, oh, he didn't score three goals, so he wasn't a good game. He could have a he could have a world class game with no goals and no assists. He needs to have a world class game in the midfield. He needs to dominate. He needs to create. He needs to provide for his teammates, and he needs to he needs to basically be a thorn in Chelsea's side and make them overwhelmed by his his presence. But I'm not looking for him to score three goals. That's just that's just not his game, at least this season, or just the way the way the team is playing. 
Um, and I don't need him to, to, you know, do what Holland does. It's not his game. We have to judge him based on the way he has played this season and the way his, the way his game presents itself. So he needs a dominated performance in the midfield. He doesn't need to score a hat trick. All right. Um, Lazio versus Byron. What is your take? Is it just how many next to the main, main question is how many goals is Byron going to get in between the two games? I, I think nine. Um, so that would be, say five, that'd be five and five and four, um, at home, at home, Byron will win five now away from home. They'll win four, one. I'm going to say, um, you know what? No, I'm going to be a little bit more generous to live zero. Byron will win five, two at home. And then, and then three, two, um, in, in Rome. Um, I expect – I mean, the heavy thing says, I should say, Immobile here. Maybe he – I think Malinkovic-Savage will be the one to, to be most mostly involved in these goals just because he's on the best form of any Lazio player right now. So they need him to, to put up and, you know, he needs, he, he needs to perform. Immobile probably gets a goal here or there, but I, I'm looking at Savage as, 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 as Lazio's um, point of attack. Um, but, again – with by- with Bayern Munich, you have Joshua Kimmich, Thomas Müller, and Robert Lewandowski. I just named three of the top five players in the world. I'm sorry, there's there, there's just no one has a cheat code, but I just can't imagine a team with not one, only maybe one or two world class players to take down a team like that. So I think Lazio will score goals. Uh, Bayern will look depleted at the back at times, but. I'm sorry. They're just they're just too good to to ma- even make this a interesting tie. You got a strange matchup the following day. You got Atlanta versus Real. How do you see these two legs play now? It depends which Atlanta team is going to show up. Is it going to be the one that that you know that comes up to Rome or uh, sorry hosts Roma and and scores four goals in 25 minutes? Is it going to be the Atlanta team that went to Milan and beat them up? Is it going to be the Milan that, that played well against uh, – or, sorry, Atlanta that played well against some of the other big teams? Or are we going to see the Atlanta that, that had a two-goal lead against Bologna and ended in a draw? Or are we going to see the one who's collapsed against some of these lower teams who barely beat the worst team in the league? So if big, big, big game, big form Atlanta shows up, they'll go through in a close game. If the other Atlanta shows up – the one that we saw against Lazio, then Real would smoke them. So it's, it's hard. So I'm going to kind of go in the middle. I'm going to say it's going to be 3-2, but I don't know who goes through because it just depends on which Alonso team can, can show up to the game. Uh, but again, no Papa Gomez, and that's what I'm worried about. So I think I give the slight edge to Real Madrid. Uh, last one, um, Glock Block versus City. Now, on the outside looking in, you expect City to go through easy, no problem. Is there any way, which I, okay, I'll admit, I expect him to tear Glogbach apart. But as somebody who watches the Bundesliga religiously, what way could Glogbach annoy them and perhaps pull off the miracle over two legs? Um, geez, I mean, Florian Newhouse needs to be at his game. He needs to play the best game of his life. He is a player that can play in a Manchester City team. That's how good he is. He, he's not going to obviously because they're loaded there, but but he is a he is a he, he has that level of quality. So I'm looking for him. I'm looking at uh, Thomas. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Thomas. Uh, Marcus Theron. 
to, to come up on, on the wing and um, they need to defend really well. The, the thing that's in their advantage is, I mean, I, I have respect for Edison. He's a world-class goalkeeper. I think Jan Sommer is better. I think they have the better goalkeeper. So because of his individual brilliance in goal, that will, will be the biggest dictator in it. Again, I expect Man City to go through easily, but I think the Glogbox goalkeeper will make it look um, – I don't know how to explain it. It'll make it look a lot – it's going to be – the, the scoreline is, is, is not going to look as worse as it actually was. So I, I think he's going to be in there just saving everything that comes in his way that he can, but it won't be enough, um, especially what's gone on behind the scenes. But I think, um, you know, Man City will, will win this, but uh, it won't be like 12 nil over two legs. I think it still will be a blowout. But it will it will be a, it will be less ugly than it should be because of the goalkeeper. All right, um, do Sevilla have a chance to go through versus Dortmund? Um, that that game was was at home, right? Correct uh, for Sevilla, I believe. Yeah, I, I would give them a small chance because they they got some they got a really good team. Um, but Dortmund has three away goals. So they would have to basically win, I think, 2-0. So they need at least two goals. Yeah. Um, so my guess is no, that they're, they're probably gassed out um, in that situation um, just because the, the three away goals hurt. If this was at home, if, if they did this, if it's not, if, the, if they don't have such a, a, an advantage in away goals, so they still have a, a shot in this. Um, they got that late goal to, to, to cut it down. Um, but they're only one game separated, so they have a chance, but I would still favor Dortmund, especially the way Holland played today. Yeah, um, I think it's Dortmund and it's not even close. Look, um, okay, Holland on his game, if you see it like that, like what we saw. No, no, they, they're done if that happens. No, 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 I'm asking for Dortmund's sake. Can they make a sneak through a semifinal, sneak to a semifinal this year? Oh boy, they would have to get very favorable draws into up until then. Um, well, they only have to get a favorable draw next round to make the semifinal. Yeah, if and once you get the semifinal. if they avoid Atletico City, Bayern, PSG, then they have a good chance. Um, but. Well, they're gonna have more than likely have to play one. No, yeah, I don't I see. An, I don't see a scenario where they beat any of those teams. Um, they would. It have to be. Um, it, they could beat Juventus if they. I think if they draw Juventus, they could get to the. They get to the semifinal, but if they draw Atletico City, um, even you know a lot, you know, and uh, obviously the, the two big boys, uh, Bayern and PSG. I think uh, they can't go through. But if they get City, even if they get Liverpool, I think they they still they still have a decent chance of going through. Um, but that's it's going to have to be one of those uh, couple teams. It just can't be the ones that I just mentioned. Um, did Liverpool impress you? And be honest, and I want you to be no, nice they were here. They Unbelievable! You. They were great. They were great. They were great. Uh, there's nothing else I can say about that. I mean, really, if you look at it, the new center back that made all those mistakes the, the, a few days earlier was unbelievable at the back. Um, guy from they just got from Schalke um, on a very cheap deal on, on the last couple hours of deadline day. 
Um, you look into all those different situations. They were great. Uh, Leipzig makes some mistakes. Liverpool pounced on them. Uh, Salah's uh, goal was great, and so was Mane's. Um, it's 2-0. Um, it, um, it wasn't a home of field advantage for anybody, which it almost seems like wrong that that counts as away goals for um, Liverpool because it's not like they play in Budapest every week, Leipzig. Um, so that's a whole other issue. But I thought Liverpool was really good. Um, do I think Liverpool can go down and and – and do the, the thing and go to the final or go to the semifinal. I don't. Um, and, um, but if they're going to do that, just keep the momentum in the, in the champions league and, and just go after it and don't let Andrew Robertson do any press conferences and you'll be fine. <laughs> Turn his mic off. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, All right, all right. I, I must say, with Andrew Robertson, I mean, he he's the GOAT, man. He's the absolute <laughs> Okay, so to be fair, um, what what do you think it takes Liverpool to win the whole competition? Because clearly they're a good team. Um and they're probably the only dark horse, because I'd say you got the you got the four mains. You got Atletico, uh, PSG, Byron. City. We yeah, all know I think, that. I think, I think would be in this context would be considered a dark horse, though, because they're on the outside looking in. They're not one of the three favorites. So Liverpool and Atletico, I think, are the two dark horses. If Liverpool want to win this, they just get hot and keep going. I mean, just keep going and defend what defend the way they did the other night. Defend and attack and get get good production through Salah, who's playing unbelievable, and. Just don't give your opponents any sort of bulletin board material. As long as they, they, they show up, play humbly. Don't play arrogant. Arrogance is how you got derailed from the title race and how your dynasty blew up in your face. Don't say anything. Be very humble. Don't say all oh, this, that, the other thing. Go out there and perform. Just, shut, just, just keep your mouth shut and just go after it. Don't, don't deal with anything else. Just try and keep that momentum going and going and they – and they can do it, but um, I'd be surprised if they do it because I think the, the teams that we just mentioned are significantly better than them. Um, but uh, they have a chance if, they pl- if, they are, if they're humble about their experience in the Champions League and they continue to play well. If they, if they start you know, b- pumping their chest and, and saying that we belong here, this is our tournament, then, then that's, a, that's, a, you know, that's a ticket to elimination. But if they, if they, if they play humble – and they play, they play um, smart, and they keep the momentum. Then that they should, they have a chance at at least of making a deep run. All right, is this is the million dollar question? And I'm going to say I'm going to say yes to this before I go. Before I start, is most Allen now a top five player? Wait, does who have a top five player? Oh, sorry, can you say that again? Is Mohamed Salah a top five player in the world? Let's see. You have Neymar. You have Kimmich. You have Lewandowski. Um, you have Mueller. So, so for me, it's 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 this. It's either KD in my list. It's either KDB or Salah. Not both. So one of them is getting in and one of them getting out. On current form, 
I'll take, I will, I'll probably, I don't know. That's, that's, that's an impossible question because on one side, do I think KDB is a better player? Yes. Uh, but is Mo Salah playing better at this moment? I think probably. Um, I don't know. I think, I think KDB is probably a little better at this point. Um, so I'm going to say no, but I think Salah's is just right behind. Um, I just, I can't take out any of the Bayern ones and I can't take out Neymar. So there's only, if you're going to go top five, there's only one spot left. So there's not a spot for KDB and Salah. So I'm going to give a slight edge to KDB, but I think Salah's not far behind that. How long do you think Salah stays at uh, One more season. Then, he's, then, then he'll leave to go to one of the La Liga giants. He's, I mean, if, if they can't win, he's too good to be sitting there. Um, as someone who got to see him firsthand at Roma for, for two and a half years or whatever it was, um, he, he, he's, he's a special player. And we knew it then, um, and we know it now. Um, and if he's not winning trophies at Liverpool, he will, he will evacuate. So they have to, they have to continuously be in contention of winning. And if they're sitting t- 13 points from the top of the table at this point next year, or even eight points from the top of the table at this point next year, then he will, he will have to make that decision to leave. He loves Liverpool, but he'll be making it because he can't win trophies in a team uh, in a league that has Pep Guardiola's Man City running a riot on everybody. So here's here's an interesting thought for you. Now, obviously, Real Madrid don't have the money for a 400 million euro player, which is probably what Mbappe's yeah. going to cost. Which sounds ludicrous, but we know that. Could you see them this this summer maybe offering? I assume they'd have yeah, the money for Salah. And then after that, going after an Mbappe. And first of all, could you imagine that team? Secondly, would that make sense for them? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can kind of see it um, for, for Real's point of view. If if they love Mbappe, I think they'll wait it off because um, I just don't know how it would work with both Salah and Mbappe. But I guess they could kind of make it work. I would, if I have an opportunity to get Salah, I plunge on it. I don't, I don't ask questions. I just do it. Um, what do you think he? Would, yeah, that's what I mean. You, me and you were talking about. This what do you today. think he would cost? We're, you know, hundred and twenty, thirty. No, hundred and seventy. Okay. At this point, and I'll tell you why. Outside of Lewandowski, name name me name me a better finisher. Outside of Lewandowski, name name me a player that you trust when you need a goal at the end of the in the end in clutch moments I'll take Salah other than Lewandowski but I think Holland is in a superb finisher I, I I've seen Salah misses more chances than Holland does um, but Holland is, is more is, so here's the logic Holland is going to be more if if he hit the mark it will be more expensive than 170 so I think you can settle for paying 170 for Salah not settle. He's world class. Not right, settle, but so, but you can make the decision easier because Holland would be worth more than that. So you make that plunge on Salah. I think at this point, Salah's probably going to go. I mean, not Salah. Holland is easily a 200, 220 million. Yeah, player. I would. I'd pay him at least that. And if you're dormant, if you get those funds, there's this is the thing with all that up and coming talent they do. And the people call me – I want to see Holland stay there to play with the young talent. Don't be wrong. But if all the young up-and-coming talent there, if you get 220, first of all, you keep some of that talent and you go out and spend. Could you imagine 
what that would do for Dorothy. Yeah. That could be like that'd be like the Herschel Walker trade. Remember when the Cowboys did that? You could see Dortmund go on like a two or three or four year run of dominance in the Bundesliga if they actually spent the yeah. money. Um, it looks like James is going to be be on he soon. Um, all right. Uh, let, let's see. Okay. Um, so I think that um, from from that perspective, if you sold Holland for what two twenty, and then you hold yeah. Um, okay, hold on a second. Uh, th- then you then you sell Sancho. Um, hold on, just give me one second. And he, yeah. Okay. Um, if, sorry. Okay. So if, if you sell Sancho for for seventy five and Holland for two twenty, you'll have so many funds. You can basically well, build a world class team. Um, with with a new coach that's going to want some direction there, and then you can go get new house from you could go get get new house from um, from Glogbach. You get some of the other ones. You could get Andre Silva and Mac. You could get Silva and Workhurst from 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 Frankfurt and Wolfsburg, and then uh, so on and so forth. Then you could worry about some of the rest of the team. You could go get some other players. There's a couple of good players in the French league that will go for for a decent price, and you basically can build your entire organization with selling two players. Yeah, so, but they had to play yeah. smart. It's a risk, but but it's a risk I'd be willing to take. I'd be willing to take it. Because, um, yeah. All right, well, I think that's all for the special. Right, well, real quick, whatever well, are you available to do in like 40 minutes? All right, so James, yeah. James just messaged the, the group. And he said, um, the, the, well, he said, so he's trying to find a quiet place. And he said, it's, it's going to be clear in about uh, 40 minutes. Um, so, yeah, so we'll just do the, the, uh, the actual Bundesliga podcast after this. And uh, this is just a, just kind of a, um, whatever the hell this whatever was. The hell this was. Right. So anybody, whatever the hell this was, I hope you enjoyed it. It's just two guys <laughs> rambling on. Um, it's probably, probably going to turn out the quality is going to be terrible. Trust us, the Bundesliga one's going to be good. But, I mean, if you just want to hear two people talk about football, yeah. then enjoy it. All right, um, we'll see you guys. Yeah. Welcome to Deutschland Football Hour. <laughs> Man, I'm not complaining. I can talk about football all day. What's that? I, I said I'm not complaining. <laughs> I can talk about it all day. I eat – outside of Hannah, there's nothing I love more. Eat, no, drink. I... <laughs> eat, drink, sleep. <laughs> You know, inhale it. I wake up every morning. I listen to different podcasts on my way to sleep, read books. So I'm not complaining at all. Same here. I, I listen to a podcast of every major league, one of the, every top five league in, in Europe. And then I have obviously the ones that we do and some other ones as well. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm cool with this. I just needed to, to get to clear my throat because I was getting a little scratchy at the end of that. Just talking for 15 minutes. Um, but um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> The crazy thing is, I'm, I'm a, I'm a good old um. Oh, what, what am I trying to say? I'm a good old um, good old um, St. Louis boy too. So I mean, you're kind of in in, in it's out of the only city in America where you're actually forced to play when you're a kid. You know, like they actually put a soccer ball and a baseball glove in the same crib, which is unheard of in American cities. Yeah, for sure. And hey, welcome on, James. Yes, sir. So, oh man, so 
the funny thing is at my university we've got the dorms and then we've got this quiet room but you have to be wearing a mask to be in here and obviously it's a quiet room so you can't record a podcast if other people are there and so if anyone ever like drops by i essentially have to dip but but i finally found a slot where no one's here so you know i'm glad to be able to join you guys but just a heads up if i do have to dip you know it'll be subtle but <laughs> all right all good. We're just going to do this for about 20, 30 minutes. Um, just go over the Bundesliga stuff. Yeah, me and, um, me and, me and Ryan just did a 55-minute podcast about something else. So, <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just kind of go over what, what went on, and, and this can be a little shorter since we just recorded another one. No right. So um, Bayern Munich get challenged. Um, Bayern were challenged in their league game. Uh, they drew. Obviously, they had the Club World Cup, um, had other things on their mind. They came out victors in that. James, I'll start with you. What do you think? Um, and first of all, I would like to point out that this shows how good the Bundesliga is, does it not? Yep. A team that no one's ever. Sounds like a country, you know? No, but on a serious note, like, I, I absolutely agree with you, Ryan. If a team like that can challenge Bayern Munich, you can't say it's a weak league because put Chelsea against Bayern Munich, they can see seven into, like, put Barcelona, a great, supposedly legendary club eight two they lose in one game <laughs> like but then armenia can draw three three and you can't draw questions as to a lack of ambition from Bayern munich's part because they have just been crowned world champions i mean that isn't that is the biggest you know honor that you can have in modern football you know aside from like a back-to-back trouble which has never been done before by a club at least so I think it has more to do with the Bundesliga actually I think this is fantastic for the Bundesliga because if it was a four nil five nil drubbing People would look past this result at the first whiff. But the fact that he says 3-3, you look into the details, you look at possession, you look at a lot of things. And when you get a result like that against the best team in the world, it's no matter how bad they played, you've got to play your best. You can't have an off game and beat the best team in the world. It just doesn't happen. And, and Elliot, as we can attest to this, Bayern Munich have winning intangibles. They beat Bayer Leverkusen, who were top of the Bundesliga by Christmas, yep. um, or at least around that time. And Bayern Leverkusen played a, fa- a fantastic game. They had scored a screamer by Schick. But unfortunately, in the 90th minute, they just gave up that one chance that Lewandowski needed. And that's what these big teams need. Now, you score three, you concede three. I think that has more to do with the fact that they say it's a boring league. The Bundesliga is, is everything you ask for. Physicality, technique. You've got some of the best players. You know, former world champions in there. Manuel Neuer, Thomas Muller. You've got, a, you've got the second... If you can even consider it, best young prospect in the world in Erling Holland playing for Borussia Dortmund. Now, I don't think you can get that mix anywhere else, and that's not an advertisement for the Bundesliga. That's just a reaffirmation for what those other fans say. The Bundesliga is just a boring league. One team always wins it. When that one team wins six trophies in one year, can you blame them for winning it? <laughs> that's all I have to say. By the way, speaking of the people that consider it a boring league in as a fan of uh, the Premier League, the Premier League is about to be decided four years in a row by double-digit points as the gap. Now, last year people are going to say, but the Lord near Liverpool and, Bayern and um, uh, Man City was one point. I understand that. But if you look at the rest of the teams, Liverpool was – they were over almost 25 points above the third-place team, both of them. It's not good quality anymore. And when Manchester City won the league in 2018, they had a 19-point lead. 
19 points is six individual victories and a draw. <laughs> That's seven games. You're telling me Manchester have forfeited the first six games and won the league. That's insanity. Uh, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when Luis Suarez won the, or tied the Golden Boot in 2014, he only played 32 games of the 38 because of suspension from biting it. Um, you know, it's like having such a spectacular season and having that much leeway in, in the midst of it just makes it all the more impressive. However, when I say the word impressive, that's just like a genuine football fan. We all here in this call appreciate the Premier League for what it is. We won't discourage all of the other leagues for how great the Premier League is. However, some fans, they just say, Premier League's the best, everyone else is a farmer's league, which I won't beat the dead horse here. Ellie and I have talked about it countless times. But when it's, when a league is actually giving you many reasons to appreciate it and you turn a blind eye and say it's a one-team league, then at that point, there's not much you can do to convince them otherwise. That's why we're begging and pleading for maybe a Manchester City Bayern Munich tie to set the record straight. Because right now, that's the best team in England. And Bayern Munich are the best team in the world. Those are two facts. If Man City were to embarrass Bayern, it would look very bad for the Bundesliga. But if Bayern do what they do, <laughs> and they get the win in that tie, that, that would have to be the change in the mentality of the fans who think the Bundesliga is just weak. Yep, I agree. Um, Elliot, what do you think of uh, Bayern's uh, league performance? Um, well, you know, James kind of hit it on the head with everything you just said there. Um, it just it just shows the qualities of of the league itself. And again, I'm not going to run over the, the the dead horse with my with my car because we talk about this all the time. But the reason we talk about it all this time is because it, people aren't 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 getting it, um, and that's and that's part of this. Um, the performance itself was great, and um, Bielefeld was up three one. It wasn't like you know, they, they had they had a 2-0 lead after 15 minutes, and then Bayern did what Bayern does. They had Bayern Munich in, you know, terror. I mean, just in a really bad situation. Um, this was a game that we thought that, that Bayern was just going to walk over them, 4-0-5, 0-6, 0-7, what they typically do. Um, and I had to add, you know, you can say what you want. Um, BFL looked the best at it all season in really undesirable circumstances. Uh, it was a snow game. It was cold. Um, the ball was wet, and they still managed to put Bayern Munich in the hole. And, again, Bayern Munich have three of the top five players in the world. So with all that being said here, they, they still managed to come back, which shows Bayern's qualities and how great they are, but also shows that any team can be beaten at any time. And that's what a lot of people say about the Premier League um, in this situation. But – no, not any team can be anyone, and, and at least not lately. In the Bundesliga, we're seeing that because we're seeing teams like Union Berlin, who is not in the best form right now, taking points off Bayern. You saw Gladbach beat Bayern. You saw Leipzig get points off Bayern. So, and then you saw some of these other teams who at least make it interesting against some of the better teams. So I think uh, good performance for Bayern. Uh, they, they feel good, but I think uh, – the fans of BFL should be celebrating because that's that's the high that's the highlight of the season. It's not even over yet. All right, uh, Frankfurt impress again. Uh, Silva scores, um, absolutely on fire. Um, 
So, yeah, they're in third place, and they're playing way, punching way above their late weight. What did you guys say? Yeah, for sure. I mean – Oh, Ellie, do you want to take this one? Yeah, I, I, I'll let you go second. I just, I just want to get this in real quick. Um, <laughs> I, I would say that, and I could, I could be maybe overstepping my bounds here. If we're talking league play and league play only. So in this scenario, I'm not counting Champions League performances and goals. Is there – obviously, Lamondowski is the best striker, even domestically, out of everyone. Outside of him? Silva might be the second best, the, the, the striker with the second best season so far outside of Robert Lewandowski. He's scoring in every game, and they're winning games, and it's, it's just justifying even further that he needs to be involved in the Portugal's national team. And not only does he need to be involved, he needs to be very involved. Because when you have a player like that in such great form, taking a Frankfurt team that should be nowhere near there, and obviously they have Luka Jovic and they have um, Philip Kostic, who just had a really a second great game in a row, um, but it's, it's also the, the amount of just situations they have. And obviously Silva scoring two, two off, uh, two goals that were just allowed. Um, and, and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just really incredible what, are you, what they've done so far. Yeah, I agree. Way, 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 way too much above their weight. Um, well, once again, like you said, that's how you can appreciate the Bundesliga. And it doesn't feel fake. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say that the West Ham thing's fake, but there's a lot of down teams in the Premier League this year. This just teams that seems that Frankfurt is punching above their weight and doing it legitimately. Exactly. All right, so the next game I want to talk about, um, James had to hop out. He may or may not be back. Um, we understand that. Um, He'll be back next week. Yeah, he'll be back next week for sure. Um, so the next game that me and you need to talk about, um, Elliot, in the Bundesliga is – hang on. I'm looking for my notes. I'm bad. Oh, <laughs> Wolfsburg and uh, Gladbach. It's okay. Nil-nil. Uh, um, what are your thoughts on this game? Oh, this makes Gladbach look horrible. Um, it makes it's oh, Wolfsburg. It's okay with it because they're in the Champions League race. That was their fourth game in a row. They didn't concede a goal. That was a brilliant defensive performance from Wolfsburg and our buddy, our American buddy, John Brooks, who I used to use as the player. I would make, um, and, you know, a reference or analogy as an average Bundesliga defender. He was the face to that name. He's been great this year, and he's not, he's not the star quote unquote of the back line of Wolfsburg, but he certainly helps, and an incredibly different situation and he's playing well. And um, I don't get me started on their strike. who's just bagging in goals almost at the same rate as Silva. Um, but that's not what I took away from this. Um, <laughs> this is the situation that I, I felt watching this game. And obviously it was a very tough game. Uh, it was a defensive, it was, it was a defensive battle between two. And I think Wolfsburg looked better in this game. Uh, Glogbach just, just haven't been at this season. Um, um, I, find, I find the announcement of Marco Rose going to Dortmund um, next season a little bit um, – the timing was bad because – go ahead. Can I jump in really quick? Yeah. I'll tell you what. It, 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 it sounds insulting almost. Wouldn't you agree? Ye- to the Glogbach players. Yeah, and I, I just listened to a, a Bundesliga podcast with someone who works at The Athletic, and he has guys on there who are in places who – some of the Bundesliga like announcers. And so they know more than I do. Uh, maybe not about the sport, but, or maybe they do, but but 
they know what, what's going on internally in some of these situations. There were several players on Glogbach who were upset about this situation. And I don't blame him for taking the Dortmund job. I, and I don't even necessarily blame himself. I, I, I just think this story should have stayed. You should, she should have kept it on the lid until it was officially announced. So your Dortmund team can fight and, and prove itself. Or sorry, your Gladbach can fight and prove itself all the way, try to get back into the Champions League so they can, they can move on and move forward. Um, just because I think the announcement just hurt the entire situation. Like, I'll give you an example. I was told by by someone, not in a super high place, but in a high place, uh, two years ago, a couple years ago, John Luca Mancini, who was playing for Atlanta at the time, was going to sign for Roma the next summer. I was told this like months before it happened. The story, only reports had come out. It wasn't totally leaked until the end of the season because they didn't want to disrupt what was going on. And what Roma was trying to do, what Atlanta was trying to do, it was a totally different situation. In this situation, the fact that they announced it, and the, not just the club announced it. And I think that, that it's just, a, it makes it look bad. And I don't blame the guy for going to Dorman. That's not the issue. My, my issue is more so with the announcement. And then they put a performance like that. And it wasn't horrible, but against a Dorman team that was in great form, you would have thought they would have put a little bit more desire into the situation. All right. Um, so me and you both, um, well, I know we both have a soft spot for Schalke. That game this weekend was total crazy. Yeah, good Lord. Yeah. Um, that was one of the most disgusting performances. And first of all, if you're Union Berlin, you're embarrassed. Yeah. You had a chance to go well. I mean, obviously, I don't think they're going to roll again. You had a chance to go well, well, well from cutting them on that. And you, you couldn't get the three points against Schalke. Yeah, that was um... – I mean, Schalke is the worst team in, in the league and maybe in Europe right now. Um, that's an embarrassing performance from Union Berlin. Maybe they're coming coming back to reality. Um, and Schalke didn't do anything in that game to make it difficult on them. It was like they gave them chance after chance to, to kind of put it away. And, and they, they just lacked a little something. And Schalke are awful. I mean, teams beat – the teams just go to Schalke, home or away, and rinse them. Last last week, the, the um, Leipzig beat them up. I mean, it was it was just so easy and simple, and there wasn't a complicated, you know, there's not like an answer key to beat Schalke. It's easy. You just show up and play the game. And and for Union Berlin to again draw another game, and they're not like I said, they're not in great form right now. Um, they're still in the top ten, but they only have, they don't have a win, and they're not in their last five. So, I mean, Schalke stinks, and we know this. So, this was this made, I mean, as far as everything else, um, Union Berlin, this makes them look a lot worse than it does for, um, obviously, um, it does for Schalke. Sure. Um, can Schalke ever recover? Ever, yeah. They'll figure out a way eventually to get back up. They have two good players. Um that I would be interested in if I was a Bundesliga club, which makes me think if I'm interested in them, then other Bundesliga teams have already taken interest in them and have a plan of trying to get them. Uh, so between between those two uh, key players, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to keep either one of those two. Um, I think the chance Matthew Hopp is still there next season. 
Um, but it, it's going to take an awful lot for them to get themselves out of this. They have the financial situation. They're not playing well. Um, last season, they sold their goalkeeper to Bayern, who just sits on the bench and is not even playing games. And they haven't made any big moves that make me think that, that they can turn this around. Um, Kalasinak, obviously, and Huntelar, who are both past it. Um, they just don't have a lot of positive vibes with them. But the, the, the few players that were a positive were the are the two that are probably the the, the, the most likely to, to find an exit this summer. And then remember the Liverpool just signed a center back from Schalke. Um, um, not to say that they had a, any opportunity to, to try to um, survive, but um, it's going to take some years. They'll be back eventually, and I hope it's not a long time, but it feels like it's kind of going to be a, a Hamburg situation. We have a really big club in the in the second division. Um, Hamburg, hopefully it's coming up this year. They are currently top of the league in second Bundesliga. So yeah. fingers crossed. Hope, hope, hopefully they come back up. Yes, I, doubt I really it. hope I so. I really hope I'll so. I'm choking away like usual, but that's okay. <laughs> I really, I, I, I'm on a roll tonight. I really don't care. Um, I, I do care, but you know, you get what I'm saying by that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Me either. All right. So the next thing we want to talk about, uh, Werner, eh. They'll survive, obviously, but eh. That's just that's what I think about them. They're eh. Because, I mean, every player on the team, like they're 11th, it's just like meh every time I watch them. And don't get me wrong, they're not guaranteed to survive. They're five, they're, um, five points away from the uh, drop zone from the uh, playoff, so that doesn't mean that they're necessarily guaranteed. But I think it's almost a foregone conclusion with the game in hand. But have you ever just looked at a team – what do you think? Do you think they're building something? When I look at Warner, like this is my problem with them. I have no clue what they're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear you there. And I think they're just one of these teams that aren't going to get relegated, but you just don't – do you want them to, to go away? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not to say that a team that's bad or doesn't deserve to be in the Bundesliga – but a team that is just – I don't know if you know a Premier League example of someone who's always there and you wish they kind of weren't there. You know what I mean? Oh, like – like oh, I guess like you're Burnley or Everton. Yeah, a team that, that's always there, but it just – you would be okay if they weren't in the league anymore. <laughs> um, and yeah. all Werner have is I like, the, I like their goalkeeper a lot, actually. Um, I think he's really good. Um, and I like the guy that they signed to replace or instead of uh, Morris. Um, I, can't, I, don't, I can't pronounce his name. It starts with an R. He, um, I think he's like Armenian or something like that. He was a, uh, but one of these guys. And um, he's really good. But again, a lot of the big teams want him. He'll be gone. And the goalkeeper um, probably will be gone at some point because I think he has a lot of potential to be really good. Um, I don't think they're in any threat for relegation. Of the, of the teams not in the relegation zone or in the danger of it, I think um, Hertha Berlin is more of a threat to go down than, than anybody that's not already in, in the in the drop zone. But I would say that, um, yeah, Werner's just just it is they just don't do anything for me. I don't enjoy watching them, um, and I'm glad I'm you know I'm I'm happy for them that they're not look like they're not going to get relegated. But it, they just don't matter in the Bundesliga anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Sargent did score that screamer the other day. That was though. a great goal. Oh my good, unbelievable goal. I almost you know it's funny when we were talking about this, I almost forgot he played for them. Yeah. Um, that's how that's how irrelevant though they are. But th- no, great goal by Sargent, who has been a little hit and miss in the Bundesliga. But uh, a, a strike like that will certainly help him with confidence and trying to push it forward. Uh, but I, I just don't know where you go. I don't think they have a plan. I don't think they have any idea what they're doing. They're like in this space where they're they're not good enough to um, to challenge Europe in any way of in any sort of matter. But they're not shit enough to be relegated. They're kind of like Newcastle in, in a certain sense, where they're there, but it's like they're in between two two different scenarios. Where where one of them is like, okay, we're 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 good enough not to you know do this, but on the other hand, they're not going to push Europe. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so let's talk about the next big one. Um, and I do enjoy talking about this because I like making fun of them. Let's be honest, they're necessarily my favorite team. Leverkusen, they were top of the league, flying high. It's just been shit, shit, and more shit since the turn of the new year. Yeah. And a Uh, 2-2 draw against Mines will not impress me, especially when you're trying to qualify for Europe. Yeah, I mean, the Mines result is really bad. I know it's crazy, but Mines has actually taken – they have three wins. I think two of them have come off – teams that are in the top 10 which is crazy um because they're probably going going down um but they need a sense they need a new coach i think i I like i like peter bosch i think he's a good coach and i think he is somebody that is that deserves a a a big job um but i think they've kind of ran the ran what they could with this and it started so well they had all these covid cases start the season and they were top of the league it was really exciting and then they lost to Bayern, and it broke them down. And they were never the same after that match. And they did lose it at the last second. Um, so it, it's very unfortunate the way everything has happened. Um, they have some good, they have some really good players too. They have Diaby. They have um, Leon Bailey. They they have the the um, whatever they call the Larson brothers in the back. They have um, Bellarabi. They have Patrick Schick. They have, they just have a, a Lucas Alario. They have a lot of really good players. So I don't understand. They just don't have that mentality, I think, because they went from top of the league to um, out of the title race really quickly. Because the, the perception was like, this is a team that's definitely challenging for something this season. Without question, it, that just was going to happen. And now they've fallen out, which is what makes them a super threat in the Europa League because they have the pieces in place. They just their league campaign has not gone well, which which makes them incredibly um, di- uh, you know challenging to face in a um, situation uh, like that. Um, but in the league, they've just collapsed, and it's confusing why because. On terms of talent, they're one of the most talented teams in the league. Oh, I agree 100%. Um, what was I going to say? Now, okay, so is the, you obviously disappointment with them. Um, who's been your biggest Bundesliga disappointment this year, though? Um, um, uh, whoever, Hoffenheim, probably. Um, their team, yeah, probably Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim is probably the one. Um, I don't know. Dortmund's been, you know, trash too. Either Hoffenheim or Dortmund. The, the reason Hoffenheim, I say that, 
is because they were on the brink of making – they made the Europa League last year, and they were challenging Champions League. You had a lot of good players who were playing great football together, and then they obviously – they got a they, – I think they got a draw over the weekend. It was just bad. It was it – was, it was just uh, – uh, uh, to, actually, to Dorman, ironically – and they should have won that game by multiple goals, and they just haven't had it. They don't have a top scorer. They've had a few guys that are, are contributing, but they just don't have enough. And, again, who, who Schalke has only won one game this season, and it's been against uh, Hoffenheim, and maybe that exploits how average they've looked at times this season. And then, obviously, the second one is Dortmund. Erling Holland, Jaden Sancho, Julian Brandt, um, Alexi Witzel, uh, um, um, Berkey. Giovanni Reina. Yeah, Giovanni Reina, um, Delaney. I mean, they're loaded from back to front. So it makes no sense whatsoever how they're in this situation. They're not even going to make the, the – they're definitely not making the champs of this season unless they don't uh, – I guess they still could. Um, but I, th- this is a team that may not make Europe at all. It's, it's possible – or it's also possible they make the Europa League and don't make the Champions League, which is a travesty considering who, who plays for them. Um, so those two teams in particular really seem like teams that just don't think to have, have their stuff together. Dortmund's obviously gone through a couple coaches. Um, they're an intern, and they're going to get the guy from Gogbach, as we discussed earlier, to, to the club. Um, I think he'll be a good hire. Um, but it's just he's gonna, he has a, a lot of work to do, which is why – you should consider, at least to a certain extent, selling at least either Holland or Sancho. I would guess this summer Sancho goes. I think Holland should stay there another couple years, but but you have to really start building this team into something because they have all the pieces. It's just it, they don't have the direction. I don't know what it is. It might be a mental thing, but it's, it's just been a huge disappointment because I thought they were going to be in a title race this season, and I would have been horribly mistaken. All right, so – That'll do it for my Bundesliga questions, but I got since it's just been a nuts night. I, I, yeah, I got another go. time for us. Yeah, just go wherever. All right, so we're gonna go wherever. We're gonna go because me who have not talked about this for a while. June, me and your favorite tournament comes up. Yeah, the Euros. Um, Andre Silva, if he stays on form. And first of all, if they they are clueless if they do not include him in that squad. I'm gonna, Does anybody honestly have a chance against them now? I mean, again, it, it's <laughs> remember what I said months ago. I said it's going to all depend on their the way they attack this this situation, how they approach it. If they if they're so desperate to make Ronaldo the king of Portugal and be the best player, they're going to lose it to somebody. Somebody's coming up there and losing it. Um, and ironically, me and James talked about this a little bit uh, on an episode a couple weeks ago, is, you know, Silva obviously is playing so well, and you play him with Ronaldo, the two up top, and then you you put Jao Felix behind, and then you have Bruno and Bernardo Silva. So you have to run this entire situation through Felix, but you use um, – Use Andre Silva as a pinpoint uh, player in this attack. And if they play the way I'm explaining here, and if Ronaldo can play the, you know, be Robin, if he is, if he agrees to be Robin and doesn't feel the need that he needs to be Batman in this scenario, and no one's in Portugal, even as deep as France are, now as deep as Belgium are, 
I don't see a scenario because you have to think of all the Portuguese players that are going to be included in this team. They're, they have a surplus of options in every position. And I would go even further to say, you don't just need to take over. He should be starting um, from the first minute of that, of that tournament. Because nobody, no, there's not another a Portuguese attacker in his position or just attacker in general that is on better form than, than Andre Silva. He absolutely needs to be not only included, but a vital part of what they're going to do in the summer. All right. So we're going, we're going to go through a couple teams here because honestly, I like laughing. Um, <laughs> so I do need a good laugh. Let's talk about England. All right. Well, how do you want to attack this? <laughs> Um, what can they do, honestly? Um, they can fire Gareth Southgate and get a real manager before the tournament starts. Um, and take, I mean, I just don't think this England team is very good. And I, again, I, I picked them to win the group when we did this before. I don't think they were going to win the group now. I just don't think it. And I think, uh, you got to take Jack Grealish and I don't know what that is going to take. Yeah, Southgate will have to eat his pride and just take him with him and play him. And I feel like he's going to make some altering mistake here that is going to really define all of it together. Yeah, I disagree, though. They're going to win that group. That group is it's just eh, if that it makes is, sense. It is, but Luka Modric is playing his best se- is having his best season since he won the Ballon d'Or. And Croatia does have uh, Luka Jovic. They do have uh, Philip Kostic, who's playing with Silva in, in Frankfurt, and they have they have a lot of decent pieces. But I, even if they win the group, they're not going much further than that. Sure. Um, all right. Your 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 um boys in Spain. Um, I know you actually kind of have an affection for Spain. Yep. Um, what what have they got this year? Is it still a rebuilding process? Uh, I don't see this as a team that's really gonna to make too much noise. I think they can can get they can probably go decently deep in this 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 tournament, but I just feel like they're they're just missing some stuff. And, and I, I I don't know how you approach this. I don't think they have the the attacking team players necessary to really do something. Uh, when you think about it, who are their who are in top attackers right now? Um, Alvaro Morata, no. Yeah, that I mean, all due respect to him, and he's he's having a good season at Juventus, um, but he's not gonna. I mean, his 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 deal, what he was, what he's gonna be, what's gonna be paid for him in the summer is not what he's what he's what his value is, and he can have some moments and um, and so on and so forth, um, but I, I just don't like what they have outside of. You know Sergio Ramos and and kind of the the you know the the old school players. Um, you can look a little further if you want into what their their strengths are. I don't like any of the goalkeepers that they have. Um, their best player this season has probably been the the left winger from uh, Real Sociedad, um, and I like him a lot. I think he's got he's really talented. And they have like Daniel Almo playing for Leipzig is decent, but I, I think the, the the Spain team is just missing too many components to really do something special. All right, um, so I know you you don't really care for the FIFA rankings, correct? No, I, I couldn't care less. I don't think it's an actual reflection of of the best teams in the world. Belgium's, Belgium's number one. Okay. In all seriousness, in all seriousness. Would this be one of the worst 
talent waste, talent waste in the history of football if they could not win this Euro. Yeah, I mean, who would they even be competing against for that title? Um, I mean, because even those Netherlands team won a Euro. Yeah, they did, and they made a World Cup final. Then you look at, uh, I guess, the England team that didn't make it with. Um, I forgot who it was. Um, well, the England team without Terry Beckham, you know, Lampard, all them, the, the supposed golden generation that just didn't play as a team together. Yeah, so there's that team. Um, now Germany's young team ended up winning something. Brazil. Brazil. Brazil's never won. Brazil won the Copa America last year, though. Oh, that's a good point. In 2019, so I mean, <laughs> they've at least won something with this upcoming and then if, generation. If you, if you want to go even a little deeper, then you can think of Mexico. But in fairness, if Robin doesn't dive, they probably advance through through that tournament as well, and maybe they they get hot and find a way to at least do something. If I have this correct, I guess Argentina losing three finals in three straight years. Yeah, but they made finals. I, I think it defunds it a little bit if you make a final. You say at least we made it. Belgium in have gone in in the 2014 World Cup. Uh, what happened? They lost in the the round of 16 to or no, they lost in the quarterfinals. The fall they barely beat the a very weak USA team. Yeah. Um, and then the next tournament was the Euros. They got went out in the semifinal again, and then. Um, 2018 semifinal. Yeah, 2018 semifinal. And then, you know, this team just seems poised to get knocked out in the semifinal again. And I've said this for a long time. I, I don't think they have the right coach. Um, Roberto Martinez always leaves one person at home that he shouldn't br- leave at home that can make an impact. Um, back in the day, it was, it was Raja, who was the best box-to-box midfield in the world. He didn't take him for at least one of these tournaments. So, and then Eden Hazard's not in a great form right now. I don't see him being unbelievable. They got Lukaku on their side, and that's a re- really nice player to have. But outside of Lukaku and KDB, there's just not a lot there to say, oh, this is a team that we need to fear. Because um, I think we all kind of expect them to have moments but collapse because that's, that's what they've always done. So this would be probably the biggest wasted uh, talent in, at least in the last five to ten years, because I'm trying to think of someone who was more embarrassing. And again, Brazil would be a good shout, but they made it, they won the Copa America without Neymar. And then Argentina made a bunch of finals that lost them, but they made them. Even as crazy as this, even like Chile has had a had a has had had took advantage of their talent more so then they won two Copa Americas back to back. Yeah, I know. So, and yes, they haven't really done much in um, in the world cup, but you have, but just it's, they're, they're always so close, but no cigar. And that's almost worse than just dropping out. Cause remember when Spain after their three trophies just dropped like an egg in the, in the, in the world cup. Um, but they had success, and this this Belgian team is does not seem to be getting better. It seems to be kind of collapsing uh, from its very width's end. Yep. All right. So I want to talk about the dark horses here. Okay. Sweden's always Sweden's always an interesting team. Agreed. Um, what are they? You get the right matchups. They're a semifinal team. 
You th- or is that egregious? You think so? They get the right matchups. I think they're a semifinal team. Yeah, I mean they have they have um, they have a lot of nice pieces. I think I think you know I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'd love to see Zlatan come back for for the, the next Euros just just because. Um, I don't know if that will happen, but they have Kulovsky. They have uh, the guy from uh, Leipzig. Um, uh, God, I'm just I'm just drawing blanks today. Um, but uh, yeah, Sweden's an interesting an interesting. They have Isak from Sociedad. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and they have they have a lot of actually really good pieces. I, I you know that it's that's a good strong powerful team. They could make the semifinal. I could see that. I think it would be a little bit of a stretch, um, but with the right matchups, uh, certainly. Um, is a team that that could potentially do something, but when that so that's that's an option. When I think of the kind of uh, teams that were a, uh, that could be a dark horse, I'm actually kind of looking at Russia. I think they'll knock out a big fish in, in the round of 16, and then they're just kind of they could ride that maybe all the way to a semifinal. Because I think Russia doesn't have any notably great players, but they've always play they always play well together. So it almost it almost deflates the fact that they don't have a superstar necessarily, and they have they have some nice they have some really good players. But what I'm saying is, they don't have because when you think of the big teams, you think of a single player when when you say, you know, whatever country it is, and they don't have a superstar, but they have a team, and maybe Russia is one of these teams that comes out and performs and gets to a semifinal. But Sweden is Sweden is also another good shout. <laughs> Yeah, and this is the crazy thing about Russia. They they were semifinal in 08. You know. Yep. I, I don't really understand. And this is the crazy thing about they just play so well together. And you don't know who half these people are because they, they all play in the Russian league. Yeah, the the, the, the best player you could pro- that we would probably know is is Alex Alexander Glovin, who plays for Monaco. He's the most notable Russian player that that I'm aware of. There's a few others that are playing in La Liga and 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 um, and stuff like that. Um, you got the kid from Atlanta. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You have. Uh, oh yeah. The the uh, Moranchuk brothers. Um, but yeah. they don't have a significantly great player. I mean, Glovin I think is really good, but but they don't have a superstar. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing. Um, so you're picking Russia as your dark horse. Yeah, I um, actually, man, my my Syria friends are not, not going to like this. I have them knocking out Italy in the round of sixteen. That's a ballsy pick, my friend. It is. Um, um, and this was what, when I did this when I did my predictions. It was a few months ago, but and I don't know if I stick stick with that, but I still fancy a, a Russia to take one of these teams out. Um, and I understand Italy's talent. But when have we said? When have we seen Italy's talent complement to something since um, you know since the, they lost? Yeah, I understand. And they haven't really been pressured. They they played a lot of t- teams, small countries that aren't really accustomed to making tournaments. And all their best strikers don't perform well with the Italy shirt. It's like you put on the Italy shirt for some of these players, and they just can't figure out what to do. Um, so. I don't know. I, I just I just don't love this Italy team. I, I love the players individually, but as a unit, I don't see it. And I think Russia has more of a connective relationship because um, Frank Lampard back in the day used to say um, the reason they some of the, the golden generation didn't work out is because they were fighting each other in the Premier League every, you know, 
you know, weak in the Premier League. And then you have te- you have countries like Russia and Argentina where they come together and say, this is our country. Let's go win it. So I think there's there's probably some rivalries within the Italy team as well. And they're not going to they're, they're going to have a hard time looking past it like Rome and Lazio players playing with each other. Juventus players and Inter players playing with each other when they've literally been at you, it's when they've been at each other's throats at different points this season. Um, who starts for striker at striker for um, Italy this year? Um, gosh, I would if, if you're going to do a one striker formation, I give that to Moise Keane. He's on the best form, and he, unlike some of his other the other options, he's one of the guys who's who can actually perform in the Italy shirt. Um, if you put two strikers out of reputation, out of respect, you put a Mobley, and then you put him alongside Keane, but. The, uh, the common denominator is Keane needs to be involved in one way or another in the starting lineup, whether it's one striker, two striker, or, or for three. You put you, you, Keane must be involved because he is out. He's outperforming um, all the strikers based on the fact that he's on a team with Mbappe and and um, and um, Icardi and, and and Neymar, and he still has 15 goals this season. So I find that a little bit more impressive than a striker that's playing every single week and has, has more than that. So I think Keane is, is the, probably the guy who I would trust the most, but they'll have Bellotti and, and Immobile. If they can, if they just can perform one time for Italy, then maybe they go a little further, but I, I just don't have a lot of faith in those two in, in the national team Jersey on cl- at club level. I, I trust them completely, but not, not wearing wall where, where the Italy Jersey is on top of them. All right, so you got the group of death that we must talk about. Um, and honestly, anybody can go out of this group. Um, but we're going to go with uh, Germany's group. They got France in it. They got – on, let me see. It's Hungary, it's Hungary um, uh, it's, uh, Portugal, France, and Germany. Yeah. Um, can Germany – Can I'm not even going to ask that question because that's absurd. <laughs> Hungary have no chance to get out of that group. No, they'll be lucky to get a point. But um, out of curiosity, um, who who tops the group? Uh, I'd say Portugal tops the group. France coming second, and Germany qualifies the third place team. Just because, just because right. they don't have another choice. If this Germany team doesn't, if, if Germany doesn't qualify at all, even qualify for the knockout rounds, it's just going to be an embarrassment. So I'm just assuming they're, they're going to just do enough to survive it. Is this Lowe's last tournament? Wait, say that again? Is this Lowe's last tournament? It should be. I don't think he – yes, I understand he won the World Cup. But you know the, you know the guy, uh, the coach at Bayern? He was his assistant. I'm starting to think that all the genius ideas came from Hans Flick rather than Lowe himself. Um, but I, I think it should be his last tournament. They need to rebuild. They need to kind of have a new identity. Um, and um, has Thomas Muller retired from the Germany national team? Oh. I don't know, but he, but I feel like he hasn't been featured lately. So they need to figure out a way to get him back into the team and, and do all that thing. And if that happens, who knows? But, but they're going a lot of young players and Leroy Sané needs to be taken this time. It'd be ridiculous for him not to. Um, so there's a lot of tough decisions to make, but yeah, I, I think Lowe does, shouldn't doesn't have a lot of time left, or should it? Whatever. Yeah. 
um, even if they get knocked out, I think about it like this. If they get knocked out, as long as they take a young squad, it'd be a good experience. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, um, you, you'll, you'll understand this because you, you're an Arsenal fan. Remember when Arsene Wenger was at his kind of his end at Arsenal and they were, they're calling him a dinosaur with, with no new ideas and not to say that that's accurate or not, yeah. but it's kind of the same thing. Um, Lowe has been in this job since 2008. So it's, it's a decade and plus and, and his, 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 there's no new ideas. It's just the same old kind of idea over and over again. He's not being creative. He's not putting himself in. He's not putting his team in a position to do something special because of all that. And remember, they got knocked out in the group stage last time of the um, World Cup um, when a South Korea team knocked them out with who has one definitive great player. And they, they almost lost to Sweden. Because you remember Tony Cruz's free kick saved them from elimination after the second game, losing in Mexico. So yeah. there's there's just not a lot to love from the Germany team unless you bring Mueller back into it or have a coach with different ideas. Because whatever Love has is, is been doing, it's not been working. And he hasn't changed and adapted in any manner. So if he doesn't if that if that is the case, you know, they just need they just need some new a new identity. Um, we're, are we not talking about France enough or do you think they were one world cup? No, they're great. They're great. The thing is, I think France, the France is excellent. They have Mbappe, they have Griezmann, they have Pogba, they have Conte. They, there's, they're so, they're so deep, but, but, um, I think the Jow, I think because, okay. So for Portugal, the reason it's not being talked about is because of Portugal, Portugal have Jao Felix who, you know, when we talk about Holland and Mbappe, we can't be talking about Felix. We can put him in the same conversation, but we can't be expecting the same type of things from a player like Jao Felix because Jao Felix's game is not like Mbappe and Holland's. We should not expect 35 goals a season. Again, in a more attacking-minded system, he'd be a 20-goal scorer probably, but we can't look at him and say, oh, he needs to do what Holland and Mbappe do. It's unfair because that's not his game. His game is creativity in the midfield more than it is – well, Holland is power with it. Mbappe, it's finishing. So, but him being there in that situation as the be- you know, as, as a great player, and he's been unbelievable this season, despite what the stats say. And with him as a as as sort of your your, your quarterback of your team to a certain extent, playing underneath the strikers, and you have that, and then you have then you then people forget Bruno is also Portuguese. Uh, uh Neves from Wolves is Portuguese. There's so many po- by the way, Bruno, Bruno is on form. Yeah. And the funny thing about this whole thing is Bruno, this, this Bruno's probably the – if you look into this Portuguese squad, he's probably their third best player. If that's your third best player, how are you going to lose? You know what I mean? Because um, you have Ronaldo, obviously, then you have, then you have Felix. or Actually, I'd, I'd say Felix, but Felix, Ronaldo, Bruno, and then you have Bernardo Silva. Silva. So, then you have uh, – yeah, and then you have Andre Silva, and then you have um, then you have good a good backline too, and and a decent goalkeeper. So the reason we're not talking about France is because Portugal presents such a better argument. Yes, France, the defending champions of the World Cup, they have the opportunity to do something special. They have a Mbappe on great form. They have other players doing really well, but but Portugal's argument is just better. So I think that's why they kind of get ignored in it because of because of what we just laid out. It's hard to imagine. Um, that situation and 
Portugal just prevents such a compelling argument of why they would win the whole thing. And I don't know about you, but I think Jao Felix is going to be the player of the tournament and he's going to be the star of the tournament, not because of goals, but uh, an assist, but because of what he does in the midfield. And, and it's uh, in, not midfield so much underneath the strikers and what he can do in terms of servicing the two Ronaldo and Silva, who are um, Silva has been in, incredible in front of goal and Ronaldo is their greatest ever player. So it's, it's so for France, yes, they're a real threat. They have a real possibility and they'll probably make the final. But the reason it's not being discussed is because Portugal's team is just – it's so loaded and it's, it's, it's just um, – because we don't – when we thought, think about Bruno, it's, we don't automatically associate with Portug- Portugal. So when you think about what Portugal actually has, it can, it, sometimes it's very confusing because, you know, just, that's just the way it goes. And so when you think about all the, the pieces Portugal have – it makes it seem like they have a better chance in France, but France still has a great chance. I just think Portugal's team and the way it's built is just a little better at this point, but France could win this and they could win the world cup too. But I just think Portugal are a little better at this point, which is why France aren't being talked about in the same way, because it's the same type of team, but Portugal's is just seems a little better. So that's why it's being discussed more frequently. Don't forget, well, we're blessed in the same group. We have the world champions and the European champions. Yeah, I know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be – that game is going to set the tone for the whole tournament. Yeah. Um, Golden boot winner, um, Andre Silva? Maybe. If he if he gets service and he has opportunity to score goals, it definitely will be. Um, but I put my money on Lukaku. I think he's, he's, just, he's just a natural goal scorer. Uh, Belgium may not be unbelievable, but they're at least making the quarterfinals, um, you would think. And Lukaku is their all-time top scorer, and he's scoring like crazy with with Inter. So, I think Lukaku is the most logical pick. But uh, Silva has a chance at it for sure. All right. Um, so, who 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 do you think is going to get fired after this tournament? If you can name two or three managers that you think are gone uh, after Euro, two- Roberto Roberto yeah. Martinez, um, Belgium. I would say, um, um, geez, I want to say Southgate, but I don't think they'll do it. So if you're saying should be fired, I would say Southgate. Um, I think the German coach will be gone. Um, and um, I don't know. This might be a little bit uh, uh, not controversial. If France win – um, the, the the Euros. I think there's a chance that their manager resigns because he's been in that job a long time. Um, obviously he was he did some other stuff, and I think maybe he's this might be an opportunity for him to 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 um to get another trophy and then maybe head back into uh, club management or retire. Um, I don't know. I just think there's a chance. I don't think it will happen necessarily, but I think there's a chance if if he resigns uh, that he might resign. Um. And I, I hope. Let's see who else is out there that that's uh, not that's not doing well. Um, no, I think the only guys that really threat of of being fired are the Germany coach. Um, then, um, obviously, um, the Belgium Roberto Martinez, and then England England's coach uh, Southgate should be involved in that. But it's it's so English to keep him in that job. So I'm just gonna say that they'd probably still keep him. Don't forget they kept Roy Hodgson in that job for three tournaments. Yeah, so I think that that's – again, that's an easy answer, but at the same time, that answer is probably 
I don't know how to explain it. It's just it's just a funny uh, thing where they're going to hold on to him longer than they should. Alright, serious question. If the France manager resigns, is the Dodgers Yeah, I kind start? of assume that would be a one in uh one out one in kind of situation. Um I just can't see Zidane going to any other club team. Um because PSG just got a new coach, so that's out. So it's it's just like it's like out of Madrid into France. That's what it seems like if he resigns. All right, Arsene Vanga, we keep t- saying this. Is he gonna stay? Is he gonna stay retired? Is he gonna go? Any situation he come back he comes back and manages a national team. <laughs> Not necessarily France. Um, no, I, I think Arsene Wenger enjoys his life now. I think the stress of Arsenal uh, had a certain strain on his anxiety and he, and just the, the, the job he had to do and all the, you know, the clowns on Arsenal fan TV yelling at him and saying he's trash. Like, you know, I don't need to name their names. I think I can, I diluted kind of who I'm talking about. Um, and I think he's just, he's done. He's just, he was just, it was his time to go. He, he exited the right way. And I think he just wants to stay put. France, France call him maybe, but I would kind of like to see him manage the England national team if Southgate quits, but I, I don't think he'll stay retired. I think he's happy with his life. And after reading the book, I kind of get that same, um, same intention and yeah, so I think he should. He'll probably stay retired, but only only England and uh, and France would entice him, in, in my view. Yeah, and after reading his book, we realized how much that man overachieved. Yeah, and you can kind of you can kind of feel a sense at the end of it when he's talking about some of the struggles. Um, you can sense that when he left the game, it was out of relief. He loved football. Um, but also out of relief. Um, by the way, my favorite part of that book is the part where he talks about how when he dies and goes to heaven and God asks him, um, what, did you, uh, what did you achieve in your life? I tried to win football matches. And then he like had a response and, he, and a finger said, it's a lot harder than you think. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to throw that out there. That was my favorite part of the whole book. And, uh, but from the book, you understand. What's that? It is a lot harder than you think. Um, we, I do got to ask this question, though, because I don't want to see this man go make a fool of himself again like he's already done managing a club in Europe. Thierry Henry's been tapped potentially to manage Bournemouth. I don't know if the deal's done yet or whatever. They're currently sitting in a place where they could will be in the, they'll be in the playoff if the season ended today. I don't like this at all. He's been mediocre in Montreal to begin with. Yeah. Um, are they, they're in the championship now, right? So yeah. uh, where are they? Where are they in the table? Are they in the top six? <clears throat> They're top six with a gear taker, so they could be technically be in the playoff. Uh, no, I don't like this at all. I think that's too much of responsibility for for a legend of the game to have to manage. Um, he's not a great manager. I think. I think it's it, it was obvious with Monaco, and then it's been obvious with with uh, Montreal. Montreal are not a great team. I love his tep talks. I love his energy on the sidelines. Um, but you just don't want to see him tarnish him himself in, in any way. And I think Bournemouth is just, it's just too much of a gamble, not only for him, but for, for the club as well. And here's the thing about that. Let's say they come back up and they play Arsenal. How weird is that going to be? Oh, 
If he goes to Arsenal, happens. oh my god, that's no, no, no. If, if Bournemouth, if Bournemouth come up and he has to face his former club, yeah, like actually face them two times a year. Yeah, I think it'll be awkward. It would be it'll be um, uncomfortable. Um, just from someone who supports a certain club and having to play against your own club, it, it, I bet it feels weird. Um, I'm just gonna tell you guys something real quick right now. So um, this is a little off subject, but when I play FIFA, I for, so I don't I don't play with Roma because they messed up our, our it's called like Roma FC for one. Secondly, I when I I feel like I, you make uh, I'm too emotionally attached to the team that would make dumb decisions. So I don't even when I play FIFA, I don't even play in and it's it's you'll see that it's relevant to what we're talking about here. I I don't I never play in in the um, in Syria. I don't I don't do Syria career most for anybody else either because I don't want to have to play against my favorite my you know my team. So that's why when I when I do when I play FIFA, I play with I play in at the leagues because I don't want to have to to play against my own team. Um, so I kind of feel like it's the same thing with Henri. Henri would just call him sick or something. He wouldn't want to go play against his, you know, go get, play against his own team. And I, I feel like the same with Terry when Aston Villa plays against Chelsea. I feel like he feels awkward in that situation also. So, no, I, I just don't see it as as something that he would feel comfortable with. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of this at all. And I, you know what? I, he's a great guy. Um but at the same time, it's like I get the competitive drive with him. He's a winner. He's the greatest goal scorer I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. On. And yeah, that's biased. We'll get out. I don't care. Um, but man, it, it'd be really upsetting to see him in England on a different yeah. side. Like genuinely, it, it'd be it'd be hard. It'd be like imagine if DeRossi took the Florentino job. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. And there's been some talks about him. Coming back to Roma, I never want him to be Roma manager because the problem is, unless he does an Arsene Wenger, he's eventually going to leave. He's eventually going to get sacked because Lampard was sacked. Pilro will be sacked at some point. And, you know, it's just I don't like club legends managing their their, their former clubs. Or even I, I'm okay with, with the Rossi having a, a job, but I just would rather do it in Germany or Spain or England even. I just... It, it would feel weird seeing him on the sideline in a game against Roma. It just, um, yeah, so it's, it's hard to say. Yep. Well, I wish Pierre got Yeah, I do too, but I just don't think this is the right move for him. No. All right, well, that was about two hours of the show today. Yeah, it was. Well, we're doing your Europa League again tomorrow. Um, Thank you. you Appreciate it. I hope you win too. <laughs> we'll see. Um, enjoy. <laughs>